0: Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at The Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. Today we got our big NBA preview here. Um,
0: We got some special guests for you today. As always, I'm Alex Penders. And I'm Jack Byrne, and we're lucky enough to be joined by two of my GW boys, Malcolm and Pranav. Say what's up. Introduce yourselves.
2: Yo, what's What's up? up? My name's Malcolm.
3: Oh, uh, I'm Pranav. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: I'm assuming you're both NBA fans. What teams are y'all a fan of?
3: Celtics.
0: So we die. Mother.
2: I'm a Thunder fan.
0: Okay, I don't that's
2: hate the <laughs> hell.
3: Malcolm <laughs> is from Boston.
2: That's <laughs> weird. That no, like, like crazy, bro. <laughs> like the reason why I became a Thunder Thunder fan is because of Russ and Katie. So like, okay, that's you can't you can't knock it though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those were good yeah. times.
1: Those were good times in they were, in, in, in Oklahoma City, which is were, not a desirable location for for me to play. I don't think. You know, if we were we picking to... locations, Jack, do you have like a location that you would want to play in if you were in the NBA? Yeah, probably Boston. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's
2: fair. <clears throat> me personally, I'd say Oklahoma, Oklahoma, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, like yeah, away yeah, from yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. you know,
2: you know?
0: <laughs> All right. So we're going to sure. get into it today. We're going to talk about um award previews who, who we think will win each award. Then we're going to talk about, who we think will be at the top of the standings in each conference as well as um some sleeper teams that we got for you. So Alex, you want to kick us off with the uh first round of our predictions? Yeah, so you want to start with preseason awards. Yeah, let's do preseason awards first. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, look, I think that I think the obvious one that um You know, when you talk about preseason awards or when you talk about season awards, you got to talk about the MVP first because that's the most important one. That's the one that everybody wants. And I think that's the one that's probably going to be, you know, everybody knows the most about, especially the listening audience and the people that we have in this room right now. So I'm going to kick it off. Um, My MVP of the league this year, I think, is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo, which isn't like a crazy take. I feel like most people like have it between one to three guys in the league this year. Um Look, I think that this Bucks team is going to be really good this season. And I, although I do, like, have the Celtics close to my heart, and I think that they're going to be equally, if not better, than the Bucks, um, I think this is going to be a year where you see Damian Lillard really help Giannis, like, unlock a part of himself where he can be, you know, he has a second star now, you know? So I think that takes some of the load off of him. And I think as much as he's a great offensive player, you also see that on the defensive side. And I just think that this Bucks team being able to win as many games as they're going to be able to, um, he's going to look even better come you know, mid-season when these awards actually do come out. So I'm taking Giannis.
0: Yeah, good pick. Um, Pranav, you want to go next?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, so it came down to a couple people for me. Um, Giannis was definitely one of them. Jokic was there. But this is one of my hot takes. I think Jason Tatum actually has a mm. decent chance of taking it. Mm. Um now, the reason for me specifically is I honestly think it's because of Chris Stapps. And what Chris Stapps really allows Jason to do now is, one, he doesn't get as many injury-prone-type like prone type plays because he's not getting against bigger uh, bodies, which is what we saw in the playoffs. You know, he got his ankle rolled up on. Um, but the other thing that really excites me about Jason's game is the, he now has playmaking ability with people who can also create on their own. Um, yep. I think yeah, one of the biggest issues the for the, yeah, the Celtics was always that, like, yeah, Malcolm could score, you know, Derek White can get a couple buckets, but they're not really going to take over a game. And I think that having, like, a couple co-stars now um, alongside him um, will really open up his playmaking. And I think that that is what he's lacked for the longest time in his MVP case.
0: Yeah, and Tatum's been in a lot of... Um, I mean, the Celtics always are really big on the two-man game, but mm-hmm. Tatum's been in a lot of actions that actually get him rolling towards the bucket with Chris Stops as an option. So he'll definitely be a bigger playmaker this year.
1: Right. Yeah. You don't want to see, you don't want to see Tatum settle for shooting um, a bunch of contested threes this year. I think that's that, that's like an emphasis for the Celtics overall is just like, get him to the rack more as much as possible. Um, but I do like the take a lot. I think that the pressure is a bit off of him this year. Cause definitely I think so. You know, you have as many as many star players as you do on this roster. Like everybody can go get a bucket at, at some point in time. So, like I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the Celtics team operates. Right.
0: Yeah, Malcolm.
2: What about you? Uh, what I believe who's, who I believe is going to win the MVP is going to be Giannis with okay. game on his team. Like it's going to open man. up the whole entire like court for him. Like imagine the pick and roll with him. Like no one's going to be able to like people are like the teams are going to either decide to either sag off of him. So yep. That that's gonna allow Dame to shoot or like what's it called? Leave um or leave Giannis open in the paint. We're no we know no one's gonna stop Giannis. And also since Embiid and um Jokic won in the past three years, I feel like the voters' fatigue has kind of worn off of Giannis. Mm-hmm. So like Giannis could, I, like average basically the same stats. And since oh the the voters are gonna believe oh he hasn't got the MVP in a while, they'll just give it to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's I a good that's a good that's take. a good take. Um. The question I want to ask for you guys is: Do you think that Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo have the potential to have the best two-man game in the history
3: of the NBA? Ooh, and the history is crazy. History's um, history's a lot. I think it all depends um, on the health of Dame. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I could see it because the way you space it out with Dame, you, he's pulling up from half court, set the screen there, and then Giannis is rolling. You can lob it yeah. up from half court to him. Yeah, no. They, I think that they have the potential, but it's going to come down to how healthy they can stay and uh, how well they work together um, after they adjust.
1: Yeah, I also don't think that uh, Giannis is like as good a screener as some of the other people that we've seen who can play in the two man game. Um, I think that this two man. Brook Lopez also, is an excellent screener. It's true, but that would be a bro- that would be a two man game between Brooke Lopez and between Correct. Damian Lillard. It's like having these two stars colliding, maybe like one of the best group ups or like super teams, I guess you could say that we've uh, seen in the NBA, especially this season. But like, when it comes to like the pick and roll, that's when you think of like more so with like two man actions. So like, I don't think that they're going to be great. I I think they're going to be a great two man system, but I don't think that they're going to be the greatest when it comes to two man actions, just because like, you usually see that between a center and a really good point guard.
3: Yeah. And the other thing that um, I'm going to add to that is that typically a two man is because you only have two options. Um, Right. Right. Look you can look right. at the Utah Jazz, for example, for the longest time, Stockton and Malone, um, they didn't really have that much extra talent. But you gotta remember on this Bucks team, they got like Chris Middleton, they got Burke Lopez, they have shooters random. So I could realistically see a world where the two men isn't the emphasis. Mm-hmm. But it I do think that when they do run it, it's gonna be really efficient.
1: Yeah, I think Stockton and Malone is probably the, the best two men as well. That was that was the one that came to mind um immediately when it came to that. Do, yeah. do you, uh, Jack, it's it's your turn, bro.
0: Well, I think that the potential is there for them to be – I agree with what you said. I think that they're going to run a lot of sets that involve two men, but I don't think that it's necessarily going to result in points out of those actions. I think that they might be somewhere else. So, like, I think that they're going to run it a lot, but I'm not sure if that's going to be where they get their points from. So I think the potential is there to have the best offense that comes from a two-man system but I don't think that they'll be the best. Like, I don't think they'll have the best two-man action of all time. Okay. I think, that okay. Even, I think that even Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had a better... Like, they were also in that position where they had to get all their points from the two-man action, and they were incredibly good at it. So I think mm-hmm. that even they would be better at it than these two. But back to the MVP. I know that there's voter fatigue and all, but... I think that Nikola Jokic takes it this year, um, okay. and here's why. The Denver Nuggets won the championship last year, and they lost one of their biggest pieces in Bruce Brown. Yep. And so now their lineup, it's not deep. It's only about five men deep. And if one of their starters gets injured, and they have some fairly old starters on their team and guys who put a lot of wear and tear on their body, like Aaron Gordon and Contavious caldwell Pope, if one of those guys goes down with an injury, then he's going to have to put the team on his back even more than he does right now. And the way that he's been playing, he's already in triple double form. and It's the beginning of the season. So I'm hopeful for, I'm not hoping that they have an injury, but if they have an injury, they're going to lean on him as heavy as they ever have.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with the fact that he doesn't have any help or that they're, they're not a deep team. Um, I think that you do kind of see them being a little bit more top heavy this season. But like that being said, I don't, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Um, I think that, I think that Jokic has proven to be a top three player, a top two player, a top one player within the NBA um, in the past three or four years. And, you know, him not winning the award last year to uh, Joel Embiid, like, I think you're right when it comes to voter fatigue. I think that like that could, you know, diminish some of it coming into the end of the new season.
3: I don't think it's really a hot take to say that, you know, um Jokic is either one or two as the best player in the league. Yep. Um but the issue with me is always like MVP does not mean best player in the league to me. Yep. Um uh, it, me neither. and yeah, like last year I had personally had Jokic as the MVP, um but you you saw like the fatigue uh, aspect kicked in and I think that we still haven't crossed that hump. Um even when the Nuggets won the championship, that you could see they weren't really media darlings. Um like the same way that the Lakers were or even the Warriors. Like, for um, sure, for sure. So I think that there is a little bit of media fatigue also around Jokic, and I don't think that he's as marketable as somebody like Tatum or as marketable as somebody like Embiid, uh, who are in slightly bigger markets. But I do think that realistically, you know, it's very likely that he's still the best player in the world uh, by the end of the season.
0: So let's move on to our second topic here, uh, I have Defensive Player of the Year as the second one that we should talk about, and yeah. this was a very tight race last season between a, a bunch of guys. But I'm not going with the winner from last year. I'm not going with the second place guy from last year. I am taking Evan Mobley from the Cleveland Cavaliers as my Defensive Player of the Year winner this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look you you read my mind on that one. I'll just I'll just tease it right out. Um, I have the same exact pick as you, but I'd like to know
0: why you think that. So, I think it because if you look at Cleveland's roster top to bottom, uh, they have both Jared Allen and Evan Mobley there, but yep. they're going to be forcing Jared Allen to get out of the paint, which means that Evan Mobley is, I mean, essentially going to have free reign in there. And he averaged over two blocks a game last season. Mm-hmm. I just see him taking his development of his game to the next step and becoming a defensive player of the year front runner. Okay. OK, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that
1: I think that he's proven to be a top five defender in the league last year. He was in contention for the award as well. Um, and look, I think that I think that his development, although it looked like it was stagnated a little bit offensively last year on defense, he like is clearly a great defender when it comes to being a center. I think that most people, when they talk about the defensive player of the year, they also like we tend to have an emphasis on stats and the amount of blocks per game or steals per game. He's gonna be up there in all of those categories as well as contested shots and you know getting to getting to, you know, like he he will be he will be high when it comes to um you know all the defensive categories that we saw a guy like Jaron Jackson last year be really high in and that's why he won the award. So I think that this year we do see Evan Mobley make that leap defensively and I do think that he will be
2: DPOY as well. For me, a player I think who's gonna win it has been a player who's been disrespected by the media. Bam bio mm. for like mm. basically going on a four years now, I, arguably you could say he's the best player, best defensive player in the league. But he never gets the recognition for it. But I feel like this year is probably finally gonna be the year he puts the league on notice, and everyone gets to see like how good he is on defensively. You already know the Miami Miami Heat culture with like how how hustled how they go with hustle and everything? I feel like this is this is gonna be the year that he finally takes it. But also, Evan Mogul is probably my close second. Just like how versatile he is and how young he is, I feel like this is gonna be the year he puts everything together too. But it's gonna be a close race between those two for me.
0: Okay, yeah,
3: I, uh, I like it. Wow, that was a. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break this a little bit. Um, okay. I didn't have any of those guys you just mentioned in my top two. Um, so <laughs> my top two it ended up being between brooke lopez and victor Wembanyama, and wow. i ended up going with vic
1: wow so you're on yeah. the hype
3: train big time eh yeah yeah okay um, that's crazy. Okay, let's hear it yep. <laughs> yeah so here's my logic here's my logic um so last year looking at who won the award it was jaron jackson jr and just on pure stats he had four stocks a game um i think he had like 100 defensive rating and i think everybody knows how good of a perimeter defender he was comparatively to other winners like Rudy Gobert, right, who struggles right. a little bit outside. Yeah, Victor, in 20 minutes a game, in the preseason, averaged four stocks a game. Internationally, he averaged three stocks a game. This is before the NBA. And here's the other thing. Victor Yen- wenbin is a better perimeter defender than Jaron Jackson Jr., and arguably just as good as an interior defender. Mm. Now, there was a lot of narratives about Victor getting bullied, um, but from the film I saw, at least in uh, the preseason, it looked like he could at least hold his own. Um, Maybe not, like, push people back, like the way Bam would do or the way, like, I don't know, Rudy would do. But if you're giving Evan Mobley, you know, that type of, um, you know, defensive player coverage, I think that victory of Weminyama should be in the exact same tier Um, and arguably even better. He is so productive. He is so long and, honestly, so versatile.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the pick. Um, The only reason that I don't think that they'll give it to him, and I'm going to transition to the next topic now, is because... I think that he is the unanimous rookie of the year across the NBA, and yeah. I don't see them giving the yep. two different awards to the same person. Yeah, so, I mean, do we do we Wimby, really
1: even have to, talk about, nah, really I even mean, have to talk about that one? Do we really even have to talk about that? Like, does
2: everybody have Wemby for rookie of the year? I I do, but like, I'm a I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Scoot. I feel like okay. I'm a big thinking, Scoot like, guy. I yeah. He, I yeah.
1: Now, look, we're we're big Scoot Henderson guys. We all think that he's better than Brandon Miller. Probably should have been drafted ahead of him. But been. Um, yeah. Media bias is going to play a huge role, um, and if I think if, I think if Wemby plays more than fifty games, he will win the, the the Rookie of the Year.
0: I'm actually well, they have to play sixty five in order to be considered. But um, I'm actually I'm happy for Stu earlier. Henderson that he dropped one spot because the Trailblazers are now in a really good spot, mm. and we'll I'd rather him be there than in Charlotte.
2: And also, like, with Scoot, he also has that narrative going for him that he's going to be Dame's successor and all that. So, like, the, the, the na- media might have that behind him and everything. So, if Victor actually, like, God forbid he gets injured or anything, Scoot always has that narrative behind him and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, let's move on to sixth man of the year this season. Okay. Um, Pranav, you want to go first here?
3: Uh, actually, I'm going to say I'm going to go first for the most improved, uh, which is my hottest take. Uh, all right. Yeah. I like it. Somebody's
0: gonna take T off here. Uh yeah, I'll go I'll go first here. My sixth man of the year was someone who I actually think would have won it if he had been more productive consistently throughout the entire season, but he was absolutely incredible in the second half of the season and I hate to hate to drop this name because he is on our rival team, mm. but my sixth man of the year is Emmanuel Quickly. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't see that one coming from you. I think he finished second or third in the voting last season and he's yeah. still in a place where he's coming off the bench. Yep. So I like Yeah, that he
1: take. he made he made great strides last season coming off the bench for that Knicks team. Um definitely look, I think the Knicks are a team that's very underrated this year and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um but certainly certainly not an outlandish pick to have Emmanuel quickly here. I do like it. I do like it.
2: Yeah, Mark, my why don't you go team. next? That was literally my pick.
1: There though. we go. Yeah. Hey.
3: Parody. Um, I hate to do this to you, Alex, but I also chose it, Emmanuel quickly. You uh, so he, was, he, he was also my sixth man of the year pick. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I guys. just love watching him play basketball. Yeah. Look, he, he's- Tyrese in... Maxey, though, real quick.
0: Yeah, Tyrese Maxey. That's
3: my guy, but I don't think he's going to be Emmanuel this year.
0: Well, he'll, he'll be on the starting lineup this year.
3: We'll
1: talk about Tyrese Maxey a little bit later. For me, I think it's going to be Chris Paul. Um, Wow. Wow. I think stepping onto this Warriors team, I don't think he's going to be starting when it comes to uh, to, to the middle of the season. I think he's going to be running the second unit. And I think that his style of play is going to slow down this Warriors offense, which was the quickest pace in the league. But when you look at a guy like Chris Paul, he's like, He's like in the in the 95th percentile in pace. Like he's like one of the slowest players in the league and the Warriors are one of the fastest offenses. So he's not going to fit with that starting lineup. So I see him coming off the bench with the second unit, um, you know, controlling the second unit, running the two-man game, being very productive. And I could definitely see him in this new bench role being the sixth man of the year this year.
3: Wow, that's a... That's a bit of a hot
1: take. So,
0: so someone that I think that we should throw out there just on the, like, I think this person will be leading the second unit. And I think that he is the best option out of people leading second units in the NBA, Bradley Beal, any shout towards six man of the year?
1: I think (sighs) he'll be starting. I think he's going to be starting too. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I have Bradley as a starter.
2: All
0: right. All right. Um, all right. Most improved final category before we move on to talk about the teams that we think will be better. All right. Uh, Pramab, I'm you want to go first? Much. I'm going to kick it yeah. to you. Most improved.
3: Okay. So it really came down to two big, big, like, um, leaders in this category. Um, it was between shade and sharp for me. And I'll mention the other guy, but first mm-hmm. shade and sharp. Um, he had a decent preseason. Not great. Um, uh, uh, obviously, you know, everybody was super excited from the back half of last year, um, He looked very good, but my biggest concern with him is his touches, especially, you know, Anthony's um, looking to break out this year. You know, Malcolm is there now, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is not a great distributor. And the biggest thing that um, I'm really scared about is Scoot. And Scoot is going to be kind of stunting his development. Um, And I honestly think that's the right move for the Blazers. But personally for Shaden Sharp, I just think that he's going to have to settle into a six-man role first and then focus on his own development so with that in mind my choice for breakout player is Mikal Bridges um yo that's okay. mine too yes that's good to hear um <laughs> yeah I, there's two reasons um the FIBA was obviously super super encouraging um he looked at ease with everybody else and he looked like he was able to play make really well with uh, Ant and um Jaron Jackson Jr and everybody else um But what really settles the deal for me is how he played with the Nets. Um, in 27 games, he averaged 26 points a game. Um, five rebounds, basically three assists, basically, and a steal. And in 55 games on the suns in the same amount of minutes, he averaged nine less points, he shot worse from both, um, actually not from three, but from the field, he shot worse from three, he shot about the same and he had the same amount of rebounds, basically the same amount of assists and basically the same amount of steals. So to me, what that shows is a player who is efficient, who is able to get buckets um, basically whenever he needs to. And to see a, such a drastic jump in scoring without a fall off in any of the other categories, that just screams efficient score. And I think traditionally, these kind of efficient scores have had breakout years, a la uh, Jalen Brunson, for example. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I have him for the exact reasons that you just said and also the fact that he's the clear number 1 option in that Brooklyn Nets system. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm very excited to watch him play and I have a lot of hope that he's going to take that step from you know like a potential all-star to a potential all-NBA candidate. And I genuinely think that that's what he's going to take this year.
1: Okay. All right, Malcolm, what do you got for me? Tell me we tell me we're on the same wavelength there.
2: Uh for me, I have a player that was injured last year, but this year he's gonna remind everyone why oh he was picked number one, Cade oh Cunningham.
1: Boy. Okay, fine. Thank <laughs> God. He
2: thought he was gonna was say Chad. I thought he was thought going. He was gonna say
1: I thought he was gonna say Ben Simmons. No. So like
2: <laughs> I think Kate Cunningham's gonna be like a most improved because before he got injured last year and a little bit to the end of his rookie year last two years before that he was so composed and he was already, he could automatically give you like a, like a solid 18, five and five. But now with, the, with another year under his belt, he's going to, I feel like he'd be like a baby LeBron, get you 23, seven and seven. And also he's being coached by Monty Williams, who, what he did last, what he did with the Suns a couple of years ago, like, remember how the Suns were so bad. And when once Monty came in, he became an instant title contender. Don't be surprised to see if the Pistons are like a playing team, playing team this year. Uh, like,
1: yeah. Hey, look, I, I think we've all kind of been waiting for Cade Cunningham to look like that number one overall pick. And I really do hope that happens for him because I am pulling for him. And I don't hate this pick at all. I think that a healthy Cade Cunningham is a guy that can go out there and get you 20 points per game while being a solid playmaker. So I do like where your head was at. I You just scared me a little bit when you said the.
3: the yeah, I'm not going to lie. Pick. The way you set that up was so scary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I was sorry, not. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was not
1: expecting that to go the way that it did. All yeah, right.
0: Freak me out.
1: Finally, finally to me, my most improved player and I'm I'm a little bit upset that Pranav mentioned him a second ago. Um but I'm taking Tyrese Maxey. You know Ooh. what? I'm taking Tyrese Maxey. Here's here's my rationale behind it. I think that James Harden will be off the 76ers by the start of the season. Like I know that the start of the season is now. But like, I think that he'll be off this roster very soon or he'll be benched. Um, And that leads a lot of like open opportunities for Maxi to become the second option behind Joel Embiid, which many of you may be sitting here being like, well, that's going to limit his ceiling. I don't think that's true. I think being on a team where, you know, you see it in the playoffs, you saw the way that he played and you see the way that if you give him more touches, he can play. I think that he's going to be a fantastic player this year, almost probably in that all-star contention or the 76ers this year give me Tyrese Maxey as the most improved player in the NBA
0: I really like that I see him averaging 20 this year
1: yeah me too
3: yeah that's a really good take um even last year he he had really good shooting splits and his yep. points per game went up I could see him having another jump here to like 24 25 maybe even 27 um that's a little hot but I don't know I just I I have a thing for like people like Shay that's another example of somebody who took that jump mm-hmm. being an efficient scorer yes. and mm-hmm. yes I know they don't play similar. Like Tyrese is so fast. Jay um, is so slow. But like the way I look at him is he's similar to De'Aaron Fox. Um, yep. I like that. Yeah. And I think that they could make a similar jump uh, this year.
1: Okay. So I think that wraps it up for our preseason awards part. Um, now we're going to move into who we think are going to be the top of each division. So Jack, do you have a preference if we start east or west? Uh, let's usually, start west. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I think we like talking about the east a little bit more, just because you know we got a little bit of bias there. Um, but let's go to let's go to the west here, um, Jack. Do you want to do it all three at a time, or you want to go one at a time? What are you thinking?
3: Let's go all three. That way let's we can call uh, three.
1: yeah do our rationale. All right, all right. I like that too. Um, so Pranav, you want to start us off? It's Malcolm sort of stuff, I wanna hear his. All right, I like that too. I like that too. Malcolm,
2: give it to us. Okay, so for me, this was kind of hard because in the West right now, you could have like five teams that can fit the, three, the first, three, three, first three seeds and all. But like right now, like one day it could be like this team, the next it can be three different teams. But for me, at this moment, I, I see the Nuggets going back as the number one seed again. The Suns at the number two seed. And then finally, barring any health injuries, oh. the Clippers at the three seed.
1: Okay, Clippers at the three seed. Do you think that that's because um, the new rules that we have this year are going to prohibit them from sitting starters?
2: Yes, most definitely. I feel like okay. now even, even with the midseason tournament, I feel like the Clippers actually have something to play for because years in the past, they always, they always set out many, meaningless games and then they, they're basically rusty by the playoff time and they get eliminated. Yep. But now since the in, mid-season tournament happening and all the fines coming in, if they miss games, they're gonna be more motivated to play and show like, and like basically like prove they're actually, they're actually playing, like, they're actually good. Cause recently I've been hearing a lot of disrespect for Kawhi Leonard and Paul mm. George. Like, I feel like this, mm. like, I feel like people are gonna like be reminded how good they are because last time they were healthy, 2021 playoffs there. I don't think there was a team that could stop them in the playoffs back then.
1: Okay. Yeah. So give me those three again, just really quickly.
2: Yeah. So you the got nuggets. Nuggets, one. nuggets yep. one. Suns two. Clippers. Suns three. two
1: late Clippers three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what?
2: Look, I
1: think the West coast is really, really stacked this year. Once again, I think that the top of the East coast is probably a little bit stronger than the West. But I think top to bottom as a conference, I think the West is is looking really good this year. So I'm going to give you my top three. Um, my first two are the same as Malcolm's. I also have the Nuggets and the Suns. Nuggets coming off an NBA championship. Played last night. I got to watch them. They still look like a great team. Suns, of course, you know, they have the most dominant player maybe in the league in Kevin Durant. Um like historically, you know, when he's, when he's healthy, he's kind of unstoppable, unguardable, one of those types of guys. And Devin Booker, who's looked fantastic. He's both of those guys, I think have the ability to be top 10 players in the NBA. And then you have Bradley Beal acquisition. Um, I think the biggest issue for them is probably like that they're starting um Yusuf Nurkic is their center and he's not really healthily like reliable I think that their biggest problem this season is probably going to be come from their bench depth, and from the fact that they probably can't keep people healthy for an entire season but that being said I still think that if they are continually healthy they will be a fantastic team and at my three you know I'm going to take a team that I have a, a a little bit of an affinity for and I'm going to take the Sacramento Kings
0: oh I, I knew you King. were doing it I, knew, take, we're I like do that it. I
1: like that I'm just a Kings fan. I'm a Kings guy. I mean, Jack and I have been beam team guys since yeah. the beginning. Um, they looked fantastic last year. I really thought that they were gonna be able to get through the Warriors. Still the best playoff game that I watched was when we were in DC and we watched them beat the Warriors, right? They beat the Warriors in that game. Yeah. At at um in Sacramento. Sacramento is a great fan base which is something that can go a long way when it comes to an 82 game season. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Sacramento team run it back. And I think Mike Brown has done a fantastic job with this team thus far.
0: All right. I'll go next because I have the exact same three picks. I was hoping someone would sleep on the Sacramento Kings and forget about the beam team, but I'm rocking with them again this season. I think they have a lot of young players who that playoff experience really gave them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And, Yeah, I just think that they're ready to take that next step. And they finished third last season. I think that they have what it takes to go back and do that again. So I have, again, Nuggets 1 for the same reasons that you said. Suns 2 for the same reasons that you said. Um, Kings 3. And I'm going to give a shout-out to the Grizzlies. If John Morant wasn't missing the first quarter of the season, I would have them in that top three. But unfortunately, we all know what happened there. So that's my top three.
1: Yeah, I mean, and look, you can tell like how deep this conference is by the fact that none of us have mentioned the Lakers. None of us have mentioned the Warriors. None of us oh, have mentioned yeah, the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're getting there. We're getting wait, there. Wait, wait,
3: wait, wait, go, 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 go. Let's all right, so I save myself last because I think that there's about to be a little bit of mutiny. But I didn't have the Suns in the top three, let alone the top arguably six. I have them are seven or three seeded. Wow, and my top that's three a crazy
0: I know furry. it's a wow. Week, It's, hot, it's hot. <laughs> Wow. That is so, hot.
3: Yeah, so my top three are one the nuggets. I just cannot, you know, I think everybody knows just how good they are. Um mm-hmm. even last year they were like 10 games up at some point. I think it was all star break. Um But my second seed, and this is gonna sound crazy, but it's the New Orleans Pelicans. And- I don't hate that. I actually don't hate that. Yeah. Another
1: team that wasn't mentioned by me a second ago that can be really good at
3: basketball. Give me give me some yeah. All right, keep going, keep going. So, so yeah, exactly. That's exactly my logic. Can be really good. And when you saw last year when Zion was healthy, the Pelicans were arguably one of the best teams in the NBA. Um they were seeded first and I think they were top 3 for like a very good chunk of the season. Um obviously Zion only played like 30 games or whatever. Um and, but I think that this is really the year where we see you know, big jumps from everybody. Uh, CJ McCollum had a surprisingly decent year. I think you can see him have a good year again. Uh, Herb Jones, obviously, I would love to see him take another step. But even, like, just from the top down, I think that the Pelicans' construction has been done very well where they're growing together. You have a good team leader in Brandon Ingram. Obviously not the greatest FIBA World Cup, but even then, I think that their construction, the way that they're built, the vets that they have, even their coach, you know, like from top to bottom... I see all the pieces. The only thing they're missing is a healthy superstar. And I'm buying in, man. I'm buying into Zion. This year is the year of Zion.
0: Being healthy. Yeah, and when they were all healthy and on the floor at one time last year, we saw what they could do. They went on a run that got them almost to number one in the Western Conference. So mm -hmm. I actually don't hate that pick. The key is just keeping all the guys on the floor.
3: Right. Um, And then for my three, so there was a lot of teams – so obviously the Kings were one of my teams, but realistically I just don't see them putting up the same kind of season, especially in this conference. Um which I know is gonna be a little bit of disagreement on, but um where I really see my three seed is between two teams. Um it's gonna be between the Blazers and the OKC Thunder. Blazers is yeah. really high. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so, high. Really that's a hot take. Blazers. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go. Uh, so I'll, let me go through my logic for the yeah. Blazers as the three seed my argument is this um one they got really really better this offseason and I think it's underrated how much better they got Scoop is a dog and I think that he can bring back some of that scoring um that they lost in Dame but if you also look they got an 18 point per game scorer on a team with uh Booker and uh KD and DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. which is very impressive to me um I know people don't love him across the league but the reality is that he is productive. Um, that and Malcolm Brogdon, who I think is one of the most underrated point guards still, even after the six men, um, he's also been brought on, which I think just solidifies their starting lineup a lot. And it does provide a lot of replacement. And coming off the bench, they obviously have Shaden. You know, they have talent uh, throughout the bench. Um, they have shooters. They have everything you need. Um, I'd love to see Anthony take a uh, leap this year. I want to see... You know, Scoot obviously have a good year, but realistically, even if they aren't like superstar superstars right now, by All Star break, I think that they can all click and make a little run. Now, I know I'm so- sorry if I'm talking too much, but um. Oh you know, no, 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 you're so, good. I, I like it. The other the other uh, team I had was Malcolm's team, um, the Thunder, and okay. the reason that I put the Thunder there is because specifically of Shea, Jalen, Chet, and Josh Giddy. Those mm. four. Um, I think just are going to be a monster. They are all so young. Um, I think the oldest is Josh Giddy at like, what, 25, 26? Shea yep. is approaching, if not, he's already in his prime. Um, and you can see that he's not a selfish scorer. Um, the way he scores, it's a very efficient, you know, smooth. Everybody just loves watching that. And I think that that combined with Jalen's progression, which we saw J-Dub at the end of the year, average like 20 points a game. Um, Mixing now Chet into that mix who is not a bad defender, who can cover up for some of the deficiencies that somebody like Shea has. Um, And you add Josh Giddy on top of that. Plus, off the bench, you have people like Isaiah Joe who can come in, hit a shot. Um, you have whichever man it is. I think it's Terrence, um, who I know. Yep, Terrence, you know, man. been a little Boston, disappointing.
1: Boston native. Boston native. Yeah, parents, man.
3: yeah. Um, he's going to come in off the bench. Um, You know, he can give you minutes. And I think that just... Overall, the Thunder have been a team that's been slept on for way too long. Mm-hmm. But I view them similar to the Lions. Um they have a good coach, they have a good roster construction. Um, and I think that, you know, with the right health, that they could be the number three seed. So Boom. in the end, I would think I'm gonna take the OKC Thunder as my three seed.
1: Okay. I don't hate okay. that. That was that was some fantastic ball knowledge right there. We love that. That was great. Um I think we're gonna move over to the Eastern for the Thunder. Yeah, shout yeah out big shout-out to the Thunder. Shout-out shout out yep. to the Thunder.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, let's 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 talk about the East then. You know, I think this is, the, this is the conference that Jack and I feel a bit more at home in. Um, it's the conference that we watch a lot more games in. And it's the conference that we really care about because, you know, as much as we try to stay unbiased, we're not. Um, and we're Celtics fans, and that's just how it is. And we live and die by, you know, what the Green are doing. Yeah, and they are Celtics. playing right now. So... <laughs> This, this is a big deal for us. Uh, Jace, JB, you want to you start us out with this one?
0: Yeah, I'll start us off with the East. Um, uh, Again, probably a little biased here because, again, Celtics fan. But at number one, I got the Celtics. I just yep. like their roster top to bottom in terms of both consistency with guys on the floor and just in terms of pure talent. Um, And I really like the way that Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser are getting more minutes and developing into legitimate role players instead of bench shitters that get three minutes at the end of the game um number two i have the bucks to no surprise i feel like this one's going to be pretty um vanilla when it comes to our picks with one and two but i think it'll get interesting with number three and with number three i'm gonna talk about them when we do our sleeper teams again but i'm really high on the cleveland cavaliers this year okay Um,
3: ooh, i like that
0: I really think that they're going to be a in- incredibly good regular season team. Uh, Darius Garland took a huge step in his game last year, not in terms of just being a score, but in terms of being a, um, facilitator as well. And I think that's huge for a team that's full of so many offensively talented guys. Mm. Donovan Mitchell can take over a game at any point whenever he wants to. Uh, I'm convinced that he just chooses when and when not to be incredibly good at basketball. Um, And then they have that twin towered offense with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, both of which are very talented post scorers. So I'm high on the Cavs this year. I think they'll slide into that number three slot.
1: Okay. Okay. Look, I I don't hate that take at all. Um, I think that they are a team that you can, you know, bank on improving this year um and i think that like another year of having guys like Donovan Mitchell on your roster you know can and Darius Garland I, again i think that they're they're a team that's going to rely a lot on being healthy um but yeah i i think that both of those guys are our top 5 guards in the league when it comes to shooting guard and point guard so i don't hate either of those takes um from you there i'm going to go with my top 3 in the east now um, I also have the Celtics and Bucks one and two. Again, we have the Celtics number one because we're a bit diluted, um, but they're also a fantastic team, and we're very much looking forward to watching Celtics basketball and crying to Celtics basketball at some points during the season. <laughs> um, Bucks, you know, obvious number two. If they're not number one on your board, you know, they have, in my opinion, the number one player in the NBA this year, and you add a guy like Damian Lillard who is a showstopper. And then my number three i'm taking the new york Knicks here. i think that they look good i think that they have solid roster construction i think that you're going to continue to see a guy like jalen brunson improve in an expanded role um and honestly like in doing that you kind of got to bank on julius Randle, which isn't something that i ever like doing
0: who's one for seven in the first quarter of this game right now yeah
1: so like it's not it's not something that's ever fun to bank on Julius Randle. But that being said, I do think that this Knicks roster is constructed well. I also think that, you know, them being the, the Villanova Knicks is a cool thing. And I think that that's like going to bring some chemistry to them. Um, now they only got to get like, what, Mikhail Bridges on the team and they'll just be, you know, entirely Villanova based. Um, but I do think that this team will be at the top of the East come the end of the season.
3: Yeah, no. well, they don't look great right now. I'm not going to lie. I think so.
1: them. But that's okay. I'm <laughs> waxed. Right
3: now, I'm cool with that. A recency bias. <laughs> uh, I can go next. Um, yeah, go ahead. So I think that everybody has the same one, too. Um, for me, it was Celtics one, Bucks two. Um, just quickly on that, I think that the Celtics are just as good as the Bucks. Um, Arguably a little bit better because of what Chris Tapps brings on offense. Um but my third team was between two New York teams, um, the Nets and the Knicks. Um, but I ended up going with the Nets, um, mostly because I'm really excited to see what Mikael does this year. And I think that centering the offense around him, and you know, let's see what Jack Vaughn brings to the, uh, you know, with his coaching idea, the philosophy, because it is really tricky um, to play around Kevin Durant. Um, it, obviously, he's one of the best scorers, but he's so injury prone that I think it really messed up a lot of the Nets' his offense. Mm-hmm. And seeing how efficient and amazing they were at the end of the season, seeing breakouts from people like Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Cam Thomas. Oh, sorry, no, Cam jo- Cameron John- uh, Johnson. Yeah. Cam uh, yeah, 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 and Cam Thomas. Yeah, they and were Cam both Thomas good. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Come so I'd like people. to see you know the Nets keep that momentum rolling. Um, I think the Knicks will be a really good team, but I just, honestly, I don't want to sleep on the Nets and how much talent. And also, I know that I know that he got a little bit of slack earlier, and I know you guys are going to groan, but I'm really excited to see Ben Simmons, and I want to <laughs> see him succeed, Yeah. and I'm really excited to see how he does yeah. this year.
0: Yeah, I also think that they're one of the more fun teams to watch in the NBA. The Nets this year? Yeah. I just think they're a team you can't hate. You know, exactly. I think that
1: Mikhail Bridges is a guy that everybody in the NBA likes. He's a guy that all the fans like. And I think that you're just kind of pulling for this team, even even if you're not a fan of them. So, honestly. Absolutely, I'm not pulling know. for them. What? You're no, not I want to see them that? fail. Okay, fair I'm enough. I'm a Celtics fan, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I am too, but like. <laughs> Look, you gotta you gotta have some teams that you that you just have a bit of an affinity for, and the Nets. If the mine, successful
0: teams. team is either them or the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, I would rather have it be the Nets.
3: I All right, agree. That's fair. That's a fair take. Fair, that. take. fair take. I, fair agree take. With I like that. that. I want to see the Pacers be good. But that's a yeah, like Good it. shout.
0: <laughs> All right, Malcolm. That'd who's your top three? Round us out here.
2: All right, We're, we already know who the num- one and two seeds are. For me personally, I have the Bucks going number one because mm. of that Damon I'm Young. <laughs> Just so because of the there's a yeah. Thunder fan, let him go, bro. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. I like seeing Celtics fan cry, so like, I, I'll take it. I'll take it.
3: Yeah, of course, the Thunder fan puts the Bucks first. He's not used to winning, so he doesn't know uh, what number one team means. Damn. I mean, all right, <laughs> we, were three the last means... got... we were three the last time the Celtics won a championship, though. Like, come on.
2: Come on. Bro. Ouch. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, keep it going. Okay, so Bucks 1, Celtics 2, and yeah. I'm going to keep it keep it all regular. I have the Cavs number 3. Okay. okay.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go.
1: So those are those are our top 3 from each division. Now we're doing some contender stuff, right JB?
0: Yeah, let's get into some contenders to wrap up this episode. Um so we each have one team that we think is going to be a sleeper playoff team. And then one team that we think is going to be a sneaky actual contender. Yeah, so and we got so... a team
1: that you're going to see around that like seven to eight seed, where they're probably going to be in the play-in tournament, but they're probably going to be better than you expect. And then a team that we actually think is going to be contending
0: for the title. Yes. Okay. And should we give them both at once? Uh oh, no, let's, let's do them go.
1: separately. Let's, let's separately. go one at a time. Yeah, let's go yeah, one yeah. at a time.
0: Let's let's start with let's start with sneaky playoff team. All right, sneaky playoff team for me. I got them coming out of the West. I know you guys already – I know Pranav had them in his top three. I don't think that they're going to make the top three. I think they're going to be hovering in that play-in game range mm. just because they completely revamped their roster, and yeah. it's going to take a little time to build chemistry there. So I think they'll be in the – they'll make it to the playoffs through the play-in tournament. I have the Portland Trail Blazers as my sneaky playoff team.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that – Um they also have Terry Stotts as their coach, you know? So, like, oh, wait, is he still? No, he is a
2: coach, yeah. So... Scott... Uh, Chauncey, it... Chauncey Billups. Is... Yeah,
1: oh, Chauncey Billups. Chauncey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chauncey Billups, right. Okay, yeah. So, hey, he's a first-year head coach, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, think, I think he came in, like, end of last year, like mid through. So, like, first full year, I think.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm I'm going to count this as his first full year then. Um which is, you know, never like exactly what you want when it comes to, you know, being a contender, but I do think that this team is set up for success for the future. Um I think that uh, as, as much as a lot of people were like a bit surprised, I think that they got a lot out of what the Dame trade could have given them. Um and I'm excited to see if a guy like Deandre Ayton can make the next step. Um, and we talked about the Blazers a lot before, but I do like this team as a sneaky playoff team. I don't see them as a as a contender. For myself, my sleepy playoff team this year is going to be the Orlando Magic. I think Paulo Banquero is really good at basketball. I think they have a really good young core along with a team like the, the okay, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, who I think that the Magic are a couple years behind. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, having the reigning rookie of the year coming in, along with guys like Franz Wagner, along like guys with uh, along like guys with like Markel Fultz, like Wendell Carter Jr., like Jalen Suggs, like all these guys who you could see make a jump into being like, you know, actually really good players. Um, they also drafted Jet Howard, who's a really good shooter. Hopefully he can, you know, become something good. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing if guys like Paulo can, you know, continue to be dominant and make that jump to being an all-star caliber player this season.
3: I like that take. Also, shout out uh, Anthony Black. Don't yeah, shout that. out
1: Anthony Black. They drafted him too. That's, yeah. Yep.
3: So, my take for the play in team is going to be the Houston Rockets. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, my biggest thing is Ime. Uh, seeing Ime Duca bring some kind of stability to that team mm-hmm. really makes me happy because mm-hmm. one of the things that Ime was best at was managing all those personalities in the Celtics locker room. Yeah. And Reed. I think that. And I don't want to say a locker room cancer, but I think that losing somebody who's volatile, like Kevin Porter Jr. And instead of having more stable veterans, I know I know Dylan Brooks isn't the best example, but...
0: Oh, no, we're, we're a Dylan Brooks positive podcast.
1: Okay, yeah, we're, good. You know, we're, we're Dylan Brooks, guys. Yeah, yeah. We, we've we been defensive of him before.
3: All right, go. Yeah. Little, you know, he's a little, little loud enough, but reality is that he's a very stable player. He's not going to get, like, you know, he's not going to get kicked out of games that often. Um, mm mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet is another great, um, you know, veteran addition, I think. Maybe a little overpaid, but having that one-two and then having the core around them, which they have now, what, Asar Thompson. Um, they have Jalen Green. Yep. They have uh, Sangoon. They yep. have...
1: Alfred Sangoon. Yep, he's, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. a sleeper for a couple of years now.
3: Yeah, and I think that the reality is that the Rockets actually have a logjam of players. Um, and I think that you... I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move, you know, got rid of some of these guys um i'm really excited to see how cam whitmore plays this year that's something mm-hmm. i thought was one of the steals also of the a steal of
1: the draft yep, yeah
3: yep yep um cam Whitmore's one uh i want to see somebody like jay sean tate take a little bit of a i don't want to say jump um but i want to see him improve a little bit um but i think that what houston really has that a lot of these other western conference teams is lacking is youth and I think that all the other teams that are really, really young, um, whether it be the Thunder or the Spurs, I think they're just a little bit, you know, a couple years out. And I think that that youth and that especially come down the stretch, I think it could lead into a little run uh, into the play-in or even the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jack and I dating back a couple, like, when the when the Dylan Brooks move and the Fred Van Vliet move happen. We had an entire episode talking about how we think the Rockets could be a sneaky playoff team. So I definitely like that. Um round us out Malcolm who's our who's our last sneaky playoff team.
2: So my my thinking was really similar to Pranav, but it's a team on the East Coast. I I think it's the Pistons. Like we see this a lot with Monty Monty Williams like teams with the Suns and if you guys even go back further with the pelicans with AD, he was the coach of that team he always yeah. a- was always able to maximize the young young players on the team and actually make them play play up to their potential and I, like with that Pistons seems i see a lot of young hungry motivated guys like cade um Ahmed thompson like um what's called J- J- jalen duran even like players like james yeah, wise Jalen duran jaden ivy didn't ivy too i forgot about him too like all those yeah, guys hmm? killian hayes uh Worst player in the league. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, have, whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa! We are no, whoa, Killian A's? Damn, that is. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut my mouth, but I don't like that. Team. <laughs> All right, but what well, got the
1: Pistons?
2: Yeah, I, I think Keep like they, I, could, I see them as right now. I have them as like a low playing team, but I can see them make, like pushing a team, like the Hawks, out of the playoffs or something like. Okay. that. Okay, and then they. Can I don't hate that. Like, maybe, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you're you're banking on the Cade Cunningham jump, which I totally understand. I mean, he looks like a guy that, you know, if he looks like he looked at Oklahoma State or, you know, how he has when he's been healthy, I think you could totally see this Pistons team under new management be really good. I think we're moving to contender now, yeah?
0: Yeah, let's move to contender. Okay. Um, I'll start again. I've already talked. I, I actually seem like a Cavs glazer. I promise you I'm not. Still a Celtics fan. Um, I think the Cavs have a legitimate chance at taking that next step and becoming a legitimate championship contender. And we know that anything can happen in the Eastern Conference once it gets to playoff time. It's really about what teams get hot. And I think that this is a Cavs team that we've seen get really hot at times. Mm. And if it happens during the right time of year, I think they have the pieces uh, necessary to become a championship contender.
1: I, I like it. I like your pick there. Um, look, we've talked about my pick a lot today, just this team in general. Um, so I won't harp on it for too long, but I think my sleeper contender this year is going to be the Oklahoma city thunder. I think that if you see these young players put it together um, and Shay continues to play, like Shay has been playing, you know, last season, put a, put it together into this season, become a consensus, you know, top 15, top 10 player in the league. I think that you'll see this young core start to come together and, you know, the more experience that this team gets, the better. But I do think that this year they may take that jump to being a contender in the NBA.
3: I like that a lot. Um, my pick. Uh, I know I said that they're gonna take a step back, and I still do believe that. But I still have the Sacramento Kings as a really strong team yep. um, in the West. I think that they're gonna have. They're gonna be a team that's a little streaky, but I'm really excited to see how Keegan Murray develops, and I want to see uh, De'Aaron keep the play up. Want to see Sabonis keep it up. I think that if they have the right piece, uh, sorry, not the pieces. Uh, if they have the right, like um, health, if they have the right outcomes, if they have good, you know, luck in general. Then we can still see them be a really solid team.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a really, that's a really solid take. Malcolm, round us out.
0: Yeah, round us out.
2: Here comes my thunder bias. I, I, I say the thunder. Because like I like how that team is constructed, I feel like they can push a team like the Nuggets or even the Suns, like deep to a playoff, like playoff series to six, seven games. Like them mm. guys, them guys, I'm telling just look out. Just look out for this team. Like this, uh, this okay. is gonna be the first year of like the, the Thunder Rise.
1: I agree. All right. Hey, I like it. I like it. I have this I have the same I have the same vibe there. So look, thunder, thunder all the way here.
0: All right, well, with that all being said, that wraps up our NBA season preview. Again, thank you so much, you two, for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank so, so much for having me. Yeah, us. of course. We'll have great, you back man. on eventually. But um, I mean, this has been the corner office and I'm Jack Burn. I'm Alex Penders. Bye everyone. See corner
1: you.
0: Three. Corner three. This episode is brought to you by Romeo's Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the Chicken Parmesan Pizza, but there are plenty of other options like burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family or just a place to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeos a try. Now back to the action.